Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Heavy, hey! Pour me a cold one, guy. Pour me a cold one. Well, there's always Tito's. That there is. That there is. And we might need, as you reverse engineered it, about 17 John Daly's. Make it a double. Hi, everybody. We are live on YouTube on Sunday afternoon. If you're listening to this podcast, thank you for that. Subscribe to this channel on YouTube. Hit that like button. We appreciate that. A full season of content, God, we hope, is uh, coming up this year beginning today but um comment too for the i saw some people over the weekend john comment for the algorithm much appreciated the podcast smash that like button and share the podcast with your friends and potentially your enemies as well done all right part of the rain it's wet in here um podcast Five stars, we appreciate that. Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast, we appreciate that as well. A lot to talk about. We were planning to go live on um, a little more towards the evening after the afternoon games, but we decided uh, why not jump in right now. So that's what we're going to do. First, let's tell you that we are brought to you, sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Wonderful people. I spent my uh, uh, part of my Friday with Tito's. I know you've spent part of your Friday and your Saturday with Tito's. Actually, I, I had a, a Tito's. Our friend Greg took me out to Olympic. They had a, they had a Tito's grape infusion on the menu. Have you? Did you have that when you were out there? Not the transfusion and infusion. Oh, sorry, transfusion, transfusion. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I mean that's... transfusion. They just roll right up with a bag and a needle, and you just. Uh... <laughs> the first time I I just seen transfusions a lot on the internet. I had never had one until he took us out there. I think it was last year, maybe earlier this year when I tried one, and they were uh, they're fantastic. You know, I, I I tend to like my uh, my vodka drinks, my Tito's drinks, pretty simple. Mm. Uh, as crazy as I get as the John Daly, but then you have one of those, and you went, holy moly, they're pretty flavorful. Yeah, they're very fantastic. Not too sweet, but yeah, I can. That's the beauty of Tito's. You can make it whatever you want. You can make it extra yeah. sweet. You can make it no sweet. Tito's and soda, whatever. Tito's handmade vodka, John. It is uh, numero uno, and it has been for a long time since Tito Beverage himself started making the stuff in '95. Multiple awards, double choice, double gold medals at the World Spirits competitions. Multiple people out there. We started talking. Tito started asking about the Tito's. They're like, "What's with the Tito's in the can?" I had to explain to people it's not real. So that 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 marketing uh, thing really got people's attention clearly, and um, yeah, it was just uh, always great. Great first uh, football weekend with Tito's. I can say that for sure. I agree. Uh, I uh, if I you know was at the Fresno State game last night, like many were. I'm sure a lot of people needed them after that devastating loss to roll right into this Niners game and lose like that. You need to double down. So this is. This is a weekend for Tito's guy where Tito's is based Austin, Texas. 
you lose a game like that when you think you might upset the number one team in the country. Technically, they're not, I guess, number one as we sit here right now, but essentially you view them as the best program in the country and you have them on the ropes or leading. I would imagine there were some Tito's drank last night around the Austin parks, don't you think? Tito's a uh, UT grad? Uh, yeah. You know. All right. Uh, bottled, uh, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Um, also sponsored by DraftKings. Let's tell you about that. Lock of the week this week was? Oh, loser. We're at $0, guy. <laughs> Niners minus seven. We lost five hundred on that. Uh, your lock of the week in college football was very good. You took Kentucky over Florida. So congrats to Anthony Richardson for all the NIL deals he signed last week because Kentucky, Scangarello. Like you texted me, you're like, Scangarello. Maybe Shanahan was missing Scangarello. Guy, he was running like a pitch inside wide receiver power runs. It was like, God, I got a little Kyle vibes. You win at Florida, hammer them plus six and a half. DraftKings Sportsbook plus six and a half. Let's go, baby. So that was a good pick. I had Iowa minus three and a half. I got multiple texts. Jeff Schwartz texted me. He's like, I love the pick. Iowa lost. So I, I need to get off the schneid. What's the final score on that? A 10 to seven. Iowa missed a field goal at the end of regulation to send it to overtime at home. John, week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers use the code HAM, can bet just five bucks on any game, Get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, there's even more action you can jump in on. Yep, guy. So uh, it's simple. This Sunday, bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 points at any time during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Hell, the Niners. We, we should have done the early win promotion instead of the lock of the week. Boom, we would have won. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code HAM. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code HAM. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, John. Uh, let's start it off with uh, the Niners lost to the Bears. The 49ers lost to the Bears in a game that um, they fumbled early. Looked like then they were able to get a little control of the game. We're not able to capitalize on opportunities. The Bears hung around. Justin Fields made plays. And the 49ers... We, talk, we spent a lot of time talking about how it compared a little bit to last week. You've got some games early in the season uh, last year. you got some games early in the season, too, that uh, you should win. Last easy year, landing they, spot. Easy landing spot. Last year they did it. This year they did not. Weather a factor, maybe, but both teams played in that weather. As somebody on Twitter said to me, that's correct. And the Niners are 0-1. Yeah, I think there's no way around it. When the dust settled and you lose 19-10 to week one against the Chicago Bears, who – I thought, you thought, I'd say universally, most people agreed we're going to be terrible. You lose by nine points as we got him as a seven-point favorite game open. I think ended up kicking off at six and a half, but easily one of the biggest, biggest favorites of the opening weekend. Everyone's picking you, including myself, to be right there for the Super Bowl, and you lose the game. It's There's no other way. It's an embarrassing loss. It's not a devastating loss in the sense of, like, it's week one, you got a lot of shit. Obviously, got 16 more games. The Rams have already lost. I, I got the Cardinal game on the background. They're getting throttled. So, a lot of football. We'll see, we'll see what happens Monday with Seattle. Yeah, I actually kind of like Seattle in the upset there, but ultimately, I think most people would agree Seattle's not going to be that good. But in a vacuum, the Niners are playing the Bears. You got to win that game. Now, we like you said. The 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 weather was clearly a factor, but everyone played in the weather that attended that that was in the game in pads and a helmet, right on both sides. They they all same footing, same shitty field, same Bermuda gla- grass that didn't have any drainage. And, and here's the other thing, guy: 
like you, if I would have told you this on Friday, hey, they're going to lose. Be like, well, did they lose? The, were they losing the whole game? They just have a terrible game. They were up ten nothing, ten nothing in a weather game where at one point in time someone tweeted at me like, hey, the Niners have one hundred fifty yards and the Bears have like seventeen. They, yeah. they were. I text someone. The score does not reflect what I'm witnessing because they're beating the shit out of them. Remember the first drive of the game? They go right down the field. Debo fumbles. But this is what I say all the time about the sport of football, unlike all the other businesses we work in. It is so black and white. Being up 10 nothing and kicking their ass and, you know, after halftime, who gives a shit? You lost. <laughs> you lost by, honestly, a pretty wide margin. I mean, nine points in the NFL, that's – that's a pretty big, you know, cap. Yeah. Yeah. And they were not, you know, they didn't get the, the, they didn't convert late. They were not in any position. It didn't feel like they were not one drive away from winning that game. Right. To your point, nine points means you're two drives away from winning that game. And even before they didn't pick up the fourth down, their pace was terrible at the end of the game. They could not get the ball down the field. Like one of the things we talked about, and we'll talk about Trey, this is, we'll start kind of big picture here, but one of the things we talked about a lot going from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance is that when you need a big drive late in a game, it's tough when it takes you 15 plays to get down the field, right? And the clock is not your friend. Well, that last drive, John, it took them 12 plays. Okay, they're down two scores. They get the ball down two scores with seven minutes. Took them 12 plays and almost four minutes to get to their own 46-yard line. Now, that is a situation where, you know, I – the rain, all that stuff was a factor there. But 12 plays to get to the – my point is just they were not about to drive the field, even if they converted that, get the ball back and drive the field again. It, it was just a very tall task, to your point, that nine point – it was a wide margin, nine points. And it really, you know, easily – should have been 11. The Bears missed two extra points. Yeah, I mean, guy, they they got outscored in the second half 19-3. to three. Like, that's just in, – in a weather game, like, we hammered this – I don't think I quite knew. Not I wouldn't have changed. We knew by the time we were going to make the bet and we're dead set that the weather was coming. Early on, we felt very strong about it in the week. I, I didn't quite understand the rain. I don't think even if I knew that it was going to be as rainy as it was, I, I would have taken back at least my part of the bet, like pushing for it. I, I know we were in agreement. but Are you blaming me? No, no. My point is like I, I'm just saying like I don't think I would have changed if I would have known the weather going into the game. Though, I think it's pretty clear it's just hard to score. So once you're playing in a game that's going to be very, very hard to score, especially with a young quarterback that's going to be an up-and-down roller coaster ride, that you score 19 points and a half in a rain-soaked game where it's tough to move the ball. Like, no one's going to have 500 yards of offense. Like, that's so, that's a problem. And, you know, that you, we can talk about fields a little later, but you hit some crazy big plays – and the Niners did not hit crazy big plays. Honestly, they didn't really hit any plays in the second half. It felt like, right? Besides just a couple of little runs, and they, they just were not hitting plays. They, and, hit, the, they hit Jennings for, for 44 yards on a third and six in the third quarter that led to the field goal that made it 10 nothing. Um, I was, that in the, was that in the third quarter or the fourth quarter? Or I mean, the first, second quarter? Uh, they were up 10 nothing and a half, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. They, yeah, they, they were up, they were up seven nothing at half, and they scored yeah. the field goal. Eight minutes so the left in the third, and then he hit Jennings again later um, to start that drive after the Bears scored the touchdown. But uh, yeah, anyway, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, they just there's nothing explosive. But once the rain starts coming down, unless you do pull plays out of your ass, like you're not going to be explosive. So if you're going to give up 19 points and a half, 
it's going to be a massive problem. And not just 19 points and a half. Once they kicked that field goal after the Jennings play to go up 10-0, they were they gave up 19 unanswered points. Right. So, like, this wasn't going to be, even if the Niners were on, they weren't going to score 30 points in this game. Like, to me, if they had a good game, what, what 24-ish, 25, like that range. So you give up 19 points and a half and 19 points unanswered, that team is going to be in the game. If, if I just told you that the Bears during a, this game scored 19 points unanswered, if we knew that going in, we would definitely not have bet on them. Well, right? it would have been one of those where even if the Niners capitalized on all their offensive opportunities, that equates to a backdoor cover easily in the NFL. Yeah, so right? it's tw- 25 Worst, to 19. Case, we push or best lose case. for sure. Yeah. So it's like it's weird. Like I don't think the defense was terrible but or bad by any means, but you give up big plays that lead to touchdowns, and they did that twice. Uh, it, it's a problem because Trey just – the Niners didn't capitalize when they had their opportunities on big plays to score touchdowns. Yeah. P. Somebody on the stream says, uh, relax, it's week one. There's no no doubt. Uh, but I think we just go back to last year when they made the playoffs by a very slim margin and the games they won at the beginning of the year were, were big games for them. And their schedule is difficult this year. But Yeah, I, I think part of this, we can only just react to the Bears game. Right, we're not allowed to react to the Week Four Rams game. Why? It's fucking three weeks away. We can't react to them just beating, you know, the Chargers. That that hasn't happened yet. Who knows? They may not win that game. They played one game and they lost. And I just saw someone in the chat. And here's where I do think it's there's no overreaction. Like I'm not changing my stance on the season by any means. I still feel very good about them, but they have way better players than the Bears. And this is not the NBA or Major League Baseball where the Yankees can lose eight straight games to bad teams, right? The, the Warriors can lose three or four games in a row and try to win those games, and ultimately it doesn't matter. In football, you only get 17 shots of these, and now it puts that much more emphasis when you play the playoff teams, like your margin for error in those games, when you don't win the easy games. And I'm not changing my stance. Like I don't think the Bears are going to be very good. I, I don't think they're going to all of a sudden win seven, eight games. I, I still I texted a buddy in the NFL, like, could they win one when the 49ers? Obviously, they already got their one, but I I still view them as a four or five win team. And when you lose to those type teams, which happens every year, remember on the Super Bowl team, they lost the Falcons late in the year. And that Falcons team was really bad. So you're allowed when the totality of the season happens. And if you win 10, 11 games, no one remembers that specific game. Maybe they do if you don't win the division, right? If it's a difference between one game, when you sweep, the Rams or whatever, and you're the wild card and they win the division because of that game like that. Like every game does matter. But right now in the vacuum, like I'm sorry, you lose to a team that you are way more talented that like everyone has agreed upon. We all played on the same shitty ass fields. You know, it's not like their players and you could argue that neutralizes the talent. I, I, I would argue that I would agree, but it's, it's an argue. It's a fact, but you still got to take advantage of it. So like to what you just said, I think there's always, and we've talked about this a lot. There's, there's two things that come out of every game, the math that a game that the result of the game creates. And then, you know, what you think would have happened if that game were played, what you really think of the way the team played. Right. So the math is just the fundamental thing that does not change. It doesn't matter that if they had played in a dry place or on turf or in San Francisco, that you come out of the game, you go, yeah, I still think Niners win that game by 10 if they had played somewhere else. doesn't matter for the math. They're ON one Now, there is the other conversation, which is that, which is, does this change the way you fundamentally look at the team? Do you think they might be worse than they are? 
or than you thought, that's where the weather comes into play. Like that's where you can say, all right, I'm willing to give them to understand that against a better team, the Niners might be better because, you know, their advantages won't get neutralized in the way that it felt like their pass rush a little got affected by the fact that it was very difficult to corral Justin Fields, which is going to be hard even on dry fields. I thought it affected that today. Maybe it's harder to defend, whatever. Like I thought Trey looked a little uncomfortable with his footing, all those sorts of things that you go, okay, in a different environment, maybe they win that game. So I think what we're talking, it sounds like what you're saying, I, I know this is what I'm saying. Fundamentally, it's the math is what hurts the most out of it. We'll have a bunch of conversations after that about, you know, do we need to reevaluate anything about how good they are or Trey or, you know, the Jimmy thing. Obviously, people will talk about all week. The defense, was this defense going to be as good as we, all that kind of stuff that, you know, those things take weeks to get answered. And luckily, the core guys of this team, right, from Debo to Juszczyk, I know Kittle didn't play, but to Kittle, to Trent, to Fred, to now Hufunga. I guess Hufunga wasn't technically a starter last year, but he played a lot. Obviously, all the other linebackers, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward will come back. They have been through a lot of losses in weird spots last year. <laughs> they lost seven games, and about five of them felt just debilitating, right? So th this core group, just in recent memory, just in the last 12 months, has felt these shitty feelings. But this is, there's just no way around it. Like, it doesn't impact your overall success in December. This is a terrible loss. We all, I, every single human would be in agreement that it is watching from a 49ers angle. It's a terrible loss. Yeah. And, and like, I think, I think universally people are going to say, you know, around the league, like the Niners are dramatically better than the Bears. So anytime a dramatically better team loses to a team, that's a bad loss in the NFL, right? Yeah. Like the Bengals lost to the Steelers. You know, I think the Steelers have one of the best defenses in the league. They have Mike Tomlin, who has never had a losing season. Is it ultimately that terrible of a loss in overtime? Like, no. I mean, it's, it sucks losing a game, but would you agree that's like, like the Bengals lost, the Niners lost. I view one loss dramatically different than the other loss. Yeah, I mean, I think unless you're going to go win 12 or, you know, 11, 12, 13 games, which, you know, anybody anybody can, but unless you're going to do that, then the, you know, then one individual game can swing your season in terms of just the math at the end when you're trying to become a playoff team. And when a season begins, no matter how good anybody was last year in the AFC North, you look at it and go, Steelers-Bangles, eh, split. Ravens-Steelers, eh, probably split. Bengals, Ravens, eh, probably split. Like, that's to your point. Like, that, you just assume you're going to lose one, you're going to win one, right? So I, that's part of the reason I think it's very different. And, you know, the other thing is, like, Joe Burrow had four first-half turnovers. I think you can you can go, right, that that's not who Joe is. We've got a bigger body of work on Joe than we have on Trey Lance. We're still trying to figure out exactly who Trey Lance is. Now, no quarterback gets judged by how they play in that environment necessarily. But I do think if you're a Bears fan, you come out of it pretty happy. Somebody tweeted me because I was like, well, I, I won't get the fields. Anyway, I'll get to that later. Um, you want to dive into Trey Lance, though, right now? Yeah, let's get let's evaluate Trey Lance today. What do you think of how he played? Well, I'd say the first half, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, I, just his how calm he was. He was pretty accurate. You know, he wasn't throwing – what did uh, what does Peyton call his balls? A soft tight, wobble? Tight wobble. Tight wobble. I thought he was throwing – you and I were texting back and forth. He was throwing some spirals. Now, he had – there are going to be one or two plays a game, and it literally happens in every Kyle Shanahan game where he is going to scheme you a play that the guy is going to score on. 
And years ago, when you and I talked with Kittle, Kittle talked about it. This is when Kittle was young. We had him on the pod, a lot of new listeners since then. And, and Kittle, because we, we talked about the Austin Hooper thing, about Austin Hooper saying Kyle Shanahan's like this, he can he tells you to do certain things on a route. And like, this is going to happen in the game. And if you listen, it'll work and it'll pop. And that was a play to Croft that, I mean, that play might have been Kittle if he was healthy, but either way, like it's it was an overthrow. Now, I tweeted this immediately. I had this thought immediately. Like, the Niners have been missing that play even when they've been good. So it's not like that's just kind of what they've been doing. And that's a problem. And even Kyle mentioned that in his post-game press conference. We got to hit that play. Like, Trey, you have to hit that play. The schemed touchdown. And they didn't. But I thought until the rain at the end became a monsoon, I'm sorry. I, I'm just, I have no opinion. Like, I'm not crushing him for like throwing shitty passes in the monsoon. Now, the pick to Eddie Jackson, one problem for Kyle and this offense, and it happened last year, when the run game isn't flowing, and once Mitchell, let's hope, doesn't tear his ACL or something, but he was immediately ruled out. And if you follow the NFL longer enough, when you immediately ruled out, that's not a good sign, right, with a knee. Especially for a guy who's played banged up. Yeah, and who's had knee injuries. (laughs) Uh, I, I would say that Kyle's offense historically has been predicated run first and then the pass just dominates off that. Then I got Andy Reid in the background. Like Andy just drops back and throws four or five wide, right? Kind of like spread offenses. And that is not how Kyle wants to play. And he's clearly, it's hard to judge because they were in a monsoon, but I don't think he wants to play like that with Trey yet. And he shouldn't. We, you and I t- led up to the whole season. Like they're going to be like a Patriot last year on steroids. That's how he wants to play. But there does come a point in time like, once Mitchell's out of the game today, can you just? I thought Trey was pretty calm. Like, let him keep slinging around. Your two fucking best players are nineteen and eleven. How? How? Eleven hit a couple of big plays. Like they're comfortable. Throw the ball to Ayuk. Throw the ball to Depot. Like you gotta like spread it. Jeff Wilson. I, I I like the guy. I guess in theory he looks slow to me. So you keep hammering the run. They just three and out or a couple first downs and then punt. It's you got to be more explosive on offense. That today is a point of difference you have over the Bears. Justin Fields had to pull plays out of his ass for them to score, and he did. But the Niners can just run plays and give your quarterback a chance. And who knows? Maybe Kyle goes, I don't feel comfortable with hitting him. Well, you know, you're not scoring any points, and if a couple things go wrong, all of a sudden the game flipped. Like a huge point of difference when they go into these games, especially against worse teams, is 19 and 11. Like those guys are a point of separation for the franchise, even with Kittle out. And if you're not willing to, you know, I I wouldn't say force feed them the ball – which they did with Debo running the ball, but I, I mean, from a passing standpoint, especially 11, like that's the whole thing, right? Oh, this guy's like Jerry Rice Jr. now, Jerry. And then he makes some sweet plays in the game, and then he's just, you don't throw it to him anymore. Two receptions. He had a third wiped out by a penalty. Justin Fields was 8 of 17 for 121 um, in the game. Trey Lance was 13. Trey Lance had as many runs as he did completions, 13. Trey Lance was 13 of 28. Throws 27 and 28 came at the very, very end when the Fox TV had to put the had to superimpose the yard markers and the lines on the field. Okay. Where, where would you count his third and five interception to Eddie Jackson? Like right before the monsoon? Still yeah. not great weather. Bad throw, but to me, like that's one of those picks on target to the receiver, just did not account for the defender. As opposed to like later in the game. Now, again, I, I don't want to, you know, he throws the ball high that gets deflected and it's flying in the air. Monsoon ball. 
See, I didn't you think, know. but he wasn't doing that early on when the weather yeah, wasn't yeah, no, that no, terrible. No. So I don't think that was, um, but to me, it's a bad throw, kind of an on-target throw. Like he had a great throw to Dwelly on th- on third down, right? That was a little behind Dwelly. Dwelly made a great catch. Linebacker was right there. That's one of those linebacker could have picked it, didn't, goes right through his arms. Dwelly's right there. It's a great play and a great throw. So, you know, the, the interception was bad because of the circumstances of the game. I don't think if we threw that the, the film up of that pick, you'd go, oh, my God, that's a, you know, a you terrible. Flipped, you you could have flipped around TV today, that and that's happening in other games. Yeah, yeah. So, but at the end of the day, he was about 50%, okay? If I'm taking out the last two throws when when the game, when he was throwing knuckleballs, he was 50%. I, I know this. There is no way if you knew what that weather, if you knew what that game was going to look like from a weather standpoint, and this is to your point on the run game, that you want to throw the ball 28 times. Like 28 is what we talked about. 28 attempts is what we talked about being a high end of his number of attempts in just a in just your general fill-in-the-blank week opponent and destination game. I agree. I agree. So it's just way too – just 28 is not going to be – you're down 11 points, so, you know, whatever. 13 runs, he was their leading rusher, also not ideal, right? That feels like too many runs for him. But they just were in too many circumstances where they couldn't afford to be picky with how they played their offense. And honestly, I thought in short yardage, he was fantastic. If we're just talking about Trey evaluations, short yardage, he's really good. Clearly, what they can, they could sneak it with Jimmy. They had a sneak early in the game on a on a one. It was a like a two yard one yard. It was a long one, and they got it. I still think he looks uncomfortable running. Um, in terms of just understanding when to just go and when to kind of dance around. That said, he also looked uncomfortable with his footing, so I'm not going to judge him too much in this game on that. Um, you know, I was texting with some a buddy of ours who was ready for Jimmy at halftime. Honestly, that thought didn't – I mean, it entered my mind because I know it's a storyline, but I, I'm with you. It was but, never but, but, a consideration or even considering a consideration to me. I thought earlier in the game – when there was the stretch where the weather, the field was a problem, but it was not raining. Or if it was, you couldn't really tell on television. And yeah. It didn't feel like it was impacting the game. He was much more accurate than I had anticipated, and that's where I thought Kyle should, could have been more aggressive with him, especially that little stretch where Mitchell disappears, where you can take advantage of him throwing the ball. Once you had to lean on him throwing the ball and like the late in the fourth quarter, completely screwed. But I thought there were stretches in the second quarter and the third quarter lean on his arm a little bit more because I did think he was pretty comfortable. And even the miss, like the miss to Croft, I'd rather miss over than miss way short and have the DB have a chance to make a play or something, right? Like I I thought he was pretty comfortable throwing the ball for a large portion of the game. And then when the game was in that position, they were completely screwed. But I, I don't think Kyle, and I know his offense is predicated to that, but you got to kind of be – you know, I, I adaptable given I I just think he's always going to early on in this guy's career, and this is how he's always wanted to play, but and it works a lot of the time, but just lean run first, run first, and then a lot of his plays, like when you say he's not comfortable running, I think a lot of it has to do with like that boot play action Shanahan play, right? Well, what happens when you're not running the ball down people's throat? That defensive end that you're basically hoping dives down doesn't budge. And say what you want, and I'll say his name correctly. Eberflus. Eberflus. How do you say it? Uber. You had it right earlier. I thought everyone's saying when I say Eber, Uberflus. Oh. I thought it's Eberflus. I think I fuck it up when oh, I say okay. Uberflus. So Got it's it. Eberflus. Okay. So Eberflus, who is a good defensive coordinator, 
it's easy to tell the defensive end, even at first when you don't know what's coming, when they're running, like he naturally is going to go. Once you're up like 13 to 10 and you go, hey, guys, they're starting running backs out. They're not going to hammer the run. He's going to boot a lot and they're going to do a lot of play action. Do not go down the line of scrimmage. So in fairness to Trey, like that play is shot when that guy doesn't budge. And it honestly, I have to go back and look at the tape. But it felt like they cheated another guy up there. There were a couple times where he booted out of that, and it wasn't just the end. There was like another linebackers or nickel corner there. And, it, and he just, I'll give Trey credit, he just threw it at people's feet. Just fuck, do not live to fight another down. Kyle forced fed that play, which, when it's humming, bread and butter. Looks sweet. You're like, oh, jab hit left, jab right. When it doesn't work, the quarterback f- is screwed. He, he's just... Michael Vick screwed, let alone Trey Lance, right? You're just, especially in that footing. And that's to me is where Kyle's play calling. I think he's one of the best play callers in the league. I think he's a fantastic coach. I I thought he had a rough stretch today when he kind of had to adapt on the fly with an injury with a young quarterback that he didn't trust. And we got back to last year when he didn't trust him. Understandable at the time. Trey's injured, you know, the Arizona game, and they just had a pretty – I would say collegiate game plan of just like zone reads and stuff. I thought today, you know, he's earned a little bit more leeway, especially his rapport with Brandon Ayuk, with Jawan Jennings. Like, I mean, I, shit. I it was just I, I don't. I actually put it more on Kyle than I do Trey for a large percentage of the game. I thought Trey was pretty under control at the end. You know, toward the end, as the rain came, he looked like a disaster. But the game was kind of already, you know, in fairness to him, the defense was giving up these huge plays, and he can't control that. Yeah, and I don't have the second-half stats in front of me. First half, the Niners were over six yards per carry. Now, obviously, part of that was Elijah Mitchell was almost seven yards a carry, um, and they finished the game under five, which is still pretty good. I mean, 4.8 yards per carry is pretty damn good, right? Uh, but his his legs did come in. Like today, he, just the difference between him and yeah. Jimmy, right, in a field like that when McGlinchey – you know, sometimes doesn't touch the guy pass Yeah, I mean, over. the question, right, is would the ball have been out earlier with a more experienced quarterback and the legs don't come into play? But I'm with you. Like, his his legs were a net positive at the end of the day. There are still areas where I think he needs to get more comfortable with it, but whatever, that's a that's a separate issue. Um, did run going forward, I thought, a little bit with more urgency and effort. I thought he did in short yardage. I, I still thought he danced when it was eight yards to go a little bit, but Again, easy for me to say. Yeah, I just think you you got to come to grips. He's not, you know, tippy-toe, smooth runner. He's more of a power runner. And what I'm saying is I want to see in short yardage when it's like he's got just go get three yards, he goes. But when it's eight yards, I think he's. it looks to me like he's trying to break a 40-yard run instead of running straight for eight yards and getting eight yards. Um, that's how I would describe what it looks like to me. But again, I, this is not, that is not, that is so far from any issue that the Niners have. Like that is, if he plays a lot, I think that'll take care of itself and he'll get more comfortable with it. Um, but that is just something we talked about a lot last year. And so, you know, just a bullet point to kind of revisit. Um, you know, the other thing to your point on Shanahan is part of the offense. And I go back to the stat I gave you at the beginning of the season, no player in the NFL last year, no quarterback, threw fewer tight window throws than Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes' guys were wide-ass open the most. And part of the reason you believe in Trey, if you believe in Trey, is because you think Kyle can scheme guys wide-ass open. 
which he did. He screamed, he schemed Croft wide ass open. He got Ayuk wide ass open. I expected a few more wide ass open throws today from the 49ers. Now maybe, you know, I don't know. They say the defense is at a disadvantage in this temp, uh, in this type of footing, the DBs, because you know, the DBs don't know where you're going and the receivers do whatever. There's a lot of this game I will throw out because of weather, but I expected more wide open guys uh, from the 49ers offense against the bears. Do you think, uh, Hufunga, because he's from Corvallis, a place that rains a lot, is used to playing in the wet because he looked pretty comfortable out there. Uh, Just theory throw. Yeah, I know he's an SC guy, but you know, born and raised Corvallis. I mean, he was good. He was really good. Better around the line, maybe than than in space. But you know, who knows? They might have been playing on turf. You know, I bet some of those Corvallis high schools have artificial surface. So he did it for Clay Helton today. Yeah. Uh, he did do it for Clay Helton. Clay Helton beat Scott Fro- Scott Scott the. <laughs> We're we gonna break into college quarterback. No, no. Scott Frost got fired. <laughs> Nebraska would have saved seven and a half million dollars if they just waited till October first. How about that? They paid him fifteen, just like oh Eddie O said the other day. They said we're gonna pay me seventeen. I said when's the where's the door and when you want me to leave. <laughs> so good. Uh, uh. All right, I'm sure we could talk more about you know tray analysis, but um, well we actually we will. Before we do that, John, let's tell the people about our friends. At Butcher Box? Butcher Box. Butcher Box right now. Butcher Box. You know, you can get free chicken for a year. Say that again, guy. I said two pounds of free range organic chicken breast for free in every order when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and code ham. Got to do both. Butcherbox.com slash ham and code ham. I don't see how you beat that. Free or get just what you want delivered right to your doorstep. Free shipping for the continental U.S. No surprise fees. Enjoy a range of high-quality cuts that are hard to come by at the grocery store. Can't recommend these guys enough. You've used them. I've used them. Uh, It has it all. Exclusive member deals so you can save big on your favorite cuts. Uh, You and I have had steaks delivered we've mm-hmm. had the free ranch chicken delivered mm-hmm. we've had the ground beef delivered mm-hmm. made tacos made burgers remember when they delivered us ribs how about that yep how about them That's apples 100 right. grass-fed beef free range organic chicken pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood recipe inspiration guide tips and hacks some are even personalized you can get some mouth-watering meals cooked up so right now take chicken breasts off the grocery list and a bunch of other stuff ButcherBox is giving our listeners an incredible deal. They've never offered it before. Free chicken for a year. You get two pounds of free-range organic chicken breast in every order. Throw the price of free when you sign up at ButcherBox.com slash ham and use the code ham. You got to do both. Claim this deal at ButcherBox.com slash ham and use the code ham. We're also brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped. Code ham. Get you 20% off. Ham, ham one. Guy. Ham, ham one. one. Ham one. Thank you. Ham one. Ham in the numero uno. Get you 20% off and free shipping with code ham one. Yep. You and I have been using Manscaped for a long, long time. The Lawnmower 4.0, best ball trimmer ever. Uh, the Weed Whacker. I, I need to do some weed whacking. I got some nose hairs. Mm. Fantastic uh, nose hair trimmer. And how about the Crop Preserver? A little ball deodorant. You know, your balls get a little sweaty. You know, it's... Hell, Northern California's been hot as hell. Your balls sweat. You put a little crop preserver, and they don't smell. 
It's pretty easy. The rest of my body is hot and sweaty, but not my boys. Um, deodorant. You got the deodorant, the aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant as well with refined cologne quality fragrance. Uh, fragrance. Fragrance. It's all right there. So this is a Super Bowl winning roster they got over at manscaped.com. Don't take our word for it. Just go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code HAM and the number one. That's 20% off and free shipping. Code HAM and the number one. So many people over the years, Manscaped's been uh, uh, sponsoring advertising on the podcast, have uh, seen what the Manscaped has to offer. Code HAM1, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped, for turning your player into an MVP. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef. Free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get ButcherBox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. We talked um, about the head-to-head matchup of Justin Fields and Trey Lance because of where they were drafted, how they were drafted, the debate about one another, the fact that um, they were going toe-to-toe today. They're going to continue to be compared as quarterbacks in the same draft class are. And um, I said – I tweeted during the game. This is what I was going to mention earlier. I said during the game I thought – Justin Fields was the equalizer and people started tweeting at me saying they thought the penalties were, was what hurt the 49ers the most, most the 49ers giving up big plays and Kyle Shanahan's uh, play calling. That was, I got a lot of feedback on that. I still maintain despite what the box score says that Justin Fields ability to negate what was clearly the Niners best advantage on defense, which was their pass rush is ultimately what won the bears the game. I thought some of the 49ers penalties came as a result of the fact that Justin Fields put stress um, on the 49ers defense. And I I think in the end that Justin Fields was the difference in that game. Well, he obviously the Dante Pettis pass, I thought, gave the team life, right? He was going to be sacked. He runs around and he makes the, the pass across his body over the other side of the field. And he basically walks in the end zone. The, the, the Niners were kicking the shit out of him, even though it was a 10 nothing game. And it felt like they were screwed. They had nothing on offense. And then the later pass to uh, one of the St. Brown brothers, he just can keep plays alive with his feet. And to me, I would say one difference right now, he's a much faster player than Trey. Like Justin Fields was a 4-3 athlete. Yeah. I think and, Trey twitchier, John, I think, in the pocket. And twitchier. Yeah, he is just he is much closer to a Russell Westbrook, Tyree Kill, like that level athlete then I think we all have to admit Lance is. Lance is just a bigger, more powerful guy. Not that Fields is small. And to me, he made just remarkable plays that for whatever reason, and and I've said this back to the Kyle Shanahan thing, when he runs those boot actions, it doesn't allow him. They just ran some basic like drop back passes with Fields. Now, some of those plays he's running for his life. Even the touchdown play, he's running for his life. But he's able to run for his life, keep the play alive. And I mean... I would say the Pettis touchdown that made it 10-7 had some young Russell Wilson vibes to it. Yeah. Which is similar to the when he beat the Niners, when not beat the Niners, when he he made that play, a similar play against the Niners last year in terms of just the play was over, but then Justin Fields beat the Niners defense. Now, here's a big picture thing. Those plays, any coach would tell you this. I think a good GM would tell you this. People in the league would tell you this. Those are outlier plays. Now, that's why Justin Fields is part of why he's a really good prospect. There were a lot of plays when he was just in the pocket where it looked like he had no clue where the ball was going. He threw an early pick to Hufunga. It's not like he was, like you said, he had eight completions. (laughs) Two of them just happened to be touchdowns. Now, I say it all the time. The whole point of this game is to outscore the opponent, and he's making plays that are leading to touchdowns. To me, Trey, like I actually felt beside the Eddie Jackson play, and I after that I scrap once it gets really rainy, like I thought he was pretty comfortable throwing it to different people. A couple overthrows, but in terms of throwing the ball relative to fields. Like I thought he was on a, just a little bit of a different level in terms of throwing the ball down the field, seeing the place. 
We're I'm gonna have to meet. watch the tape again, John. With that in mind, I did not feel that way watching the game. I thought I thought Trey Lance watching the game was much more comfortable throughout the majority of it in the pocket throwing the ball. I tell you this, I for both of them, when you do the remember we talked about this a lot with Jimmy, when you did the drop back, he's gonna throw, we can't see the receiver in the screen. I held my breath. But see, was here's where he, where he impressed me immediately when he's throwing the ball at people's feet like he understands, like not forcing it. Yeah. I gave him some credit on some of those. That's true. But those, some of those plays are plays that Fields then makes something happen with his legs. But this is the difference in the coaching staff. Like, I don't think Kyle, you know, ultimately with the Bears, like whether Fields told or not, Fields like, fuck it. I'm Justin Fields, five-star guy, went to Georgia, went to Ohio State. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And it feels yeah. that, and it worked out a couple times for him. And they kind of need that. They 100% need that. And it does feel like Trey plays a little like, this is what Kyle wants me to do. This is what Kyle wants me to do. This is what Kyle wants me to do. And I'm not, who knows if he would just ad lib like that. I don't. I'm not I don't think like watching him in college, he will. Like, I think in, I think he is kind of looks to throw, looks to throw, looks to throw. Then if he has to get out, he'll just go. Yeah, more buttoned up within the offense. Like, this yeah. is what I'm told to do. As opposed to doing a 360 to try and find somebody. Which is fine. If that's the way he's going to play, you need to be, you know, you need to make plays. And that, that to me, that is like he's got to be explosive. And once they get to better weather these next couple of weeks, like can they be explosive on offense with him within the construct of the offense? Because I'm yeah. not expecting like the 360 Justin Fields. Like that's we've seen that last year. We've seen it this year. Is he going to be some great player? I don't know. He does have remarkable talent, right? To just his physical ability and kind of innate ability to make some shit out of nowhere mm-hmm. where we haven't seen that with Trey Lance. Through now, he's played a lot more than Trey, but just even today, we saw one guy both on the same cruddy, soaked Bermuda. <laughs> uh, one guy made spectacular plays out of nothing, the other guy just felt like buttoned up doing what he's told to do. And I, having been very close and watched this Kyle operation, I can understand where he's trying to please this guy who's not easy to please. They, they are in completely different situations, right. I agree with that. I also think it's, I think what Kyle wants him to do is part of what he fundamentally did in college. So I do think it's part of who he is. It's like just staying in there as long as he can to find something, maybe move out for one throw, but be a little less. And of course he would be a little less of a, like a one-on-one or a one-on-five basketball player, right? A little less Steph Curry with the ball behind the line of scrimmage. It's just not who he has been his whole career. That is who Fields has been growing up as a quarterback that's not who trey was at north dakota state which is fine i mean i think by and large when you are projecting a quarterback most teams would rather have the guy that hangs in and throws true right fields, i mean i think fields did have the i mean i would say that his claim to fame in college is that i think six touchdown game against clemson remember when he was making all the throws he, he threw a bunch in the playoff game and the final four you know he's that's yeah, a long yeah. time ago now but look the possibility exists that he ends up as the better player one hundred percent. He's, I mean, he's been his the better player his entire life till they got to the NFL and one guy was drafted ahead of the other guy. And Kyle, who I'm not down on Trey Lance by any means, but ultimately Kyle, it's been well documented, did not think he was even in the same level as Mac Jones. He as an evaluation. Oh, Fields. Yep, Fields. Fields was not part of the evaluation. And look, and that'll put pressure on Kyle if Fields turned out to be great and Trey doesn't. But um, part of the reason that I bet on Trey was because he's going to play for Kyle and he's going to play with Debo and he's going to play with Trent Williams and use check and the running back. You, you are not alone. And a lot of people. Get, that's why people yeah. are betting on him. 
Yeah, I mean, it's that's part of it. It's not – I wouldn't put them on the Bears and feel as good about them, right? And you might put Fields on the Niners, and maybe you'd feel better. I don't know. He might miss some of the stuff that Trey is kind of training to do. So we are so far from conclusions. When you look historically at how long it takes to really know, and we think like, oh, Josh Allen, it was obvious right away. Mahomes, it was obvious right away. Yeah, well, you know who else looked good after a couple of years is Wentz and Goff. And Wentz is on his third team, and Goff went, God only knows what his completion percentage was today. Okay, they, they covered. Goff, oh, Goff had actually picked it up. He was 21 to 37. Yeah, they somehow scored 35 points. Yeah. Jeez. What did uh, football take? Anyway, so Wentz had long, way, long way to go is the point. And I still think Trey, because of his organization, has set up big picture. But the reality exists, and I think we talked about this the other day, maybe Eberflus is a good football coach. He might be. He's a really good defensive coordinator. We know that. Like, he's not a schmuck. No. But his his talent right now, it's just – he doesn't have around him what Trey Lance has around him, and that did not show um, in the end. It did look that way early, though. did. But it's an example, too. You let a team hang around. You know, everyone's – coach, everyone says it. You let somebody hang around and hang around. The game, the game is not played though in twenty eight minutes, right? I mean, you do get the full game. Yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. get, we play golf, you get eighteen holes. You know, you get four quarters of football. Don't I know it? <laughs> I was on seven the other day thinking about. You know, I, I was joking. You have like, fast, nope. fast start at Olympic. I did not. And you know how it's like. Uh, uh, you know what were you thinking about on that shot? My answer would have been dinner. <laughs> I was thinking about a double cheeseburger for dinner on the seventh hole. Um, so. I don't know. You, you, I anyway. That's unrelated to anything. Lack of focus was not part of the problem for the 49ers uh, on offense. Maybe on defense. I mean, the penalties were. You can't ignore the fact that they committed a shit ton of bad penalties. You want to get in, you want to get into the good and the bad. Yeah, let's get into the good and the bad. You start. Let's alternate. Well, I mean, you were just starting the start, first and foremost with the bad. All right, good and bad penalties at the top of the list. And the question is going to be, is this who this team is or was this the product of a weird day? But it was every kind of penalty. It was receiver false starts. It was right guard false start. It was offsides on an interior defensive lineman. I, how many times do you see that call uh, over the course of a Sunday? It was multiple late hits, even though I thought the first one on Greenlaw when he's kind of going down and Lance slides in a spot that you don't expect a receiver to slide, a quarterback to slide. He didn't really hit him. He fell on him. I understand why it's a penalty. I don't kill Greenlaw for that one. The Aziz Alshire one was bad. The Greenlaw face mask, I couldn't quite tell. But, but they, you just listed three 15-yard penalties. Yeah, they That's just 45 filed. yards. To me, to me, it's one thing. You had 12. They had three. To have three 15-yard unsportsmanlike, you know, the max you can get. The Niners had the market cornered last year on a team that won 10 games with pass interferences. <laughs> I mean, no team committed more just, oh, that's 43 yards. Oh, that's 30. Remember the the uh, the Colts game? We did the math. It was like 130 yards. I mean, it was, it was a stupid amount of extra yards. In a game like today, where they are not going to move the ball, to give them 45 free, enormous chunks of yards, that, that is, that's fucking killer. I, you you can argue. I, I've said all along. You know me. I'm not a big ref guy. There was an offensive pass interference on Ayuk that was embarrassing, like a joke call. But like that's part of football. Like I I I can make fun of the refs. I think they're relatively incompetent. I, I compare them to government officials. It's one of the only professions where you can be 
crappier job and keep I think your government job. officials more incompetent, but I agree. More accountability on rest because we see what they're doing. True, but it doesn't feel like they ever lose her gig. Well, because I do think it's just I think it's a very I, I do think it's a very difficult job, but the pe- the penalties were just outrageously terribly timed. I mean, that's just I blame of- the Niners much more than I blame the referees for their penalties. Yes. Do you agree with so that? if we even if we throw the green law, it's just one the away. third most penalized team in the league last year. Third. Al, Sh- Al Shires was a double whammy. At this point in time, we don't know if he got a concussion or not, but he definitely wobbled a little bit and got taken immediately by the couple trainers, right? Because at first I was like, I text you. I'm like, is he getting tossed out of the game? And then I realized, no, he's a little wobbly. This isn't college. So, so <laughs> you don't get tossed out of the game in the NFL. It's kind of, I watched so much college football. I was like, yeah, that doesn't happen unless you get the two, you know, if you get two unsportsmanlike yeah. conduct. Yeah. But yeah, just, and there was a play. Was there a defensive holding play on Kinlaw in the game where he like held on to two offensive linemen that yeah, they called? Yep. It's just, they, they ran, they had a variety. <laughs> they, they had the market cornered. And if you're going to have that many penalties, like I don't get me wrong, I, I think the Niners are good, but no no team overcomes in in a weather low scoring game the difference of twelve to three penalties, eleven more yeah. or I mean nine more penalties, and yeah. three of them are fifteen yarders, right? Because they weren't getting PIs. It's not like the Niners were committing their you know two thousand twenty one four PI penalties. Ball wasn't in the air that much on like fifty fifty balls. <laughs> True, you know I, I test that out. Wide ass open, hard hard to PI on Pettis when there's no one within thirty yards of him. Um, but, you know, I think it is a question on for, for Shanahan. is like you guys were third in penalties last year. Other teams that were high in penalties, McCarthy, hot seat, Vegas, Gruden gone and a replacement coach, Arizona, Buffalo. I mean, you know, not all penalties are created equal, but they may lead. We'll see. They may lead the league in penalties after week one of the 2022 season, right? I can't imagine there are going to be that many teams that get double digits week one. Right? I mean, I'd say double digits week one is a pretty large amount of penalties. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the I don't have a list yet for everybody else, but you have you, you said and the bear, by the way, and one of the Bears penalties was the you're not allowed to dry the field with a mop penalty, which I'd never heard of. I text a, a, a coach uh who listens to this podcast and um he's actually a Bella high school Jack, coach. Good to have you. High school coach. I said, listen. In fairness to Hightower, because he, he texts me the thing like, Hightower, I didn't know that rule. And he's like, it ain't your job to know that rule. It's his. And if you're going to play in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> that's Hightower's not the most buttoned up guy. Like, that's not Hightower's deal. He's got to be a great hang. I'm sure he's a fun guy to be around. When it comes to the the details, I mean, the the, the crossing your T's and dotting your I's, that's not really hot. Hightower's cup of tea. <laughs> he's a field guy. I've so, never so seen he took anyone. The, he took the towel out there. They dried where they were going to plant I've and they threw it to the that. side. They dried where he was going to put the ball down. Like I compared it to when you used to get pizza and use the little napkins to get the grease up. It was the same, yeah. which I've never seen anyone do because it's, it's just not, it's not a little, you didn't spill eight ounces of water. It's the earth has been it's raining. It's the mud. <laughs> it's, it's, you got to go. How much can you possibly dry? Um, and they, even when they articulated the rule, they said drying the field, during a dead, they made it, it. It was almost as if if they had called a timeout, it would have been allowed. But be, you know what I mean? The way they were, were you thinking, watching like what's that towel doing on the field? Uh, no, because you see guys do that and throw the towel to the side on kicks. It's not uncommon. It's so a towel shouldn't be there though. It's like what if there's a block and it's, it shouldn't be sitting on the field? Well, I'm sitting watching the game with my girlfriend Maria, and she's watching, and she goes, "Why is there a towel on? The, what is going on?" And I didn't really notice. And then they throw the flag. 
And obviously, and then I was a little confused, and then immediately that kicked him out of field goal range, right? And they ended yeah, up they punting. Punt. Yeah, and, and it actually it was a ten nothing game. So at the time, I was like, "Whoa, push!" You know that yeah. for us who had the Niners minus seven. Um, so that was that was a big deal. By the way, I don't know Eric, our guy Eric Brown at Clovis West, head football coach, four and They beat Bullard this week. Donnie Arak's legend, Larry Brown, his brother at Kasner, two and So the Browns are. Browns are six and zero right now, John. Shout out to the Browns. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Hate in the Valley Brown. Uh, okay, uh, you can I go with something positive? Yep, go. I'm going to call this guy after one week. We got a long way to go. The Polynesian, Ronnie Lott. He was dominant today. Polly Lot. Polly Lot. Hufunga was a complete ass kicker. He had a pick that was awesome. He made tackle after tackle after tackle, and he was hitting people hard. Now. Big picture, my only question on the guy, because talking to the Niner guys at training camp, they love him. I mean, we knew last year they loved him. They really like him. Like, he's not just a starter. Like, he's a no-brainer starter in the coaching staff and the front office's mind. He was a high-level guy at USC. He kicked everyone's ass. He's one of the bright spots on Clay Helton. Like, actually, when they were there, like, he was dominating. He's been awesome for the 49ers. The only thing we'll find out in time once they play the Rams, Denver, these passing teams, how he plays in space. When he's around the line of scrimmage, he is an he's a high end NFL player. He was his impact wasn't. I mean, he dominated today. There were times when he was hitting people, and you're like, you know, because Fred sometimes you're like, is that Fred? No, it's Tufunga. You know, just crushing people. Yeah, it felt he is, like he is fearless. To me, part of it was in this game with this weather, right? Jimmy Ward's out. It was, it was, he could play a, near the line of scrimmage. It was a leadership type game. Like to me, my thought when I watched him was if you told me he's a captain next year on the 49ers, one of the 12, and Lance is 13th, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Right. That was my thought watching Hufunga. If you told me he's a captain on the Niners for like four years, that would not surprise me. Now, he's not put like people in the chat, like he's Palomalo. Well, he's not Palomalo. Yeah. The guy's a Hall of Famer. And there are questions. And I would imagine, you know, at Seattle, doesn't have the quarterbacks to test him, but they do have the receivers to test Paul Amalo next week. So that's a separate yeah. issue. And Russell, he's going to have the talent. Like, they're going to play teams. And the Rams are going to be throwing the ball. Yeah, they're going to – like, it's – Jimmy, it's, it could get – but you, you just see he on a basic level he belongs. He is – he gets the W – he doesn't have the C on his chest. He gets the WD, though, right? He gets the War Daddy sticker. Yeah, he was a War Daddy today. He was – I thought he was a badass. I, I really enjoy watching him play. I, I do. And to me, if he's just average in coverage, if he's going to be this great of a tackler, there was a play later in the game where the Bears busted this huge run and like in space, I was like, is this guy going to take it to the house? And Hufunga tackled him in space where I thought like, God, Hufunga could flip and the guy's running yeah. full speed. I, it might've been a Herbert run. I forget, but it was, he is a excellent tackler. Like, I mean, an excellent tackler. And there is something to be said. Wouldn't you say just in, you talk to these college coaches, NFL coaches, aren't as verbal about the coaching college coaches are very like, they don't allow us to practice. How do you expect our guys to learn to tackle? We're in the NFL. It's like, they've already learned to tackle, but then they start complaining about it as the season goes on. Tackling's bad. He is on a high end of just an NFL tackler. The Niners have excellent tacklers and he is, he's near the top because their linebackers tackle. Well, sometimes a little recklessly and get penalties. <laughs> I, I, I think the one thing that he does him and Fred are much just natural tacklers. I'd say Greenlaw and Al Shire are like, hey guys, this you Kidders. guys would have, yeah, you guys would have thrived in like 06. 
you just you're a little close to the line, which I, I like. I like those type. I then it's a point of difference for the Niners. But it feels like Hufunga and Fred are consistently like violent tacklers, but like not even getting close to penalties. Where those guys like, oh, is that a targeting? <laughs> well, know? yeah, it feel, um Fred often tackles like you know you always like to use the the lion and the gazelle. It's a full body kind of swallow, right? Yeah. Arms wrap, and part of it is he is bigger than Greenlaw and Al Shire. Those guys are small. Fred yeah. is big and long and tall, and he can use his whole body to 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 wrap a guy up. For those guys, they're not as big, right? And so no. they need to be more of hitters. And wow. Hufunga to me is more of like a heat-seeking missile, like to their knees down, and just wipes them out, just destroys them. Yeah. On the chat, you can't say he's not Paulo Malo and then compare him to Ronnie Lott. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you see, yesterday the Stanford USC game, Ronnie's no, there, obviously. Really. Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, there's on the yeah, sideline. I did see that. Emmett Smith's in the in the uh, just in the stands with the people. Yeah. Like it's Andrew Luck. Did you see Andrew Luck. I Andrew Luck. I mean, Andrew it's Luck pretty good, there. solid, just guys roaming around the sidelines. Yeah, I was. No, Lynch probably wasn't there. No. Uh, all right. We're going through the good and the bad. Um, I'll go to another good. I mean, the front seven as advertised, right? The Niners front seven. I thought they got hurt by the weather more than any other group on the field. Um, in the end, I, how many sacks did they end up with? I, I thought they had – I thought the weather – Bosa had one. The Ibacam, uh, Ebicam, Kinlaw kind of combined had one. They missed about five. They, had, they were all over. Those were the two. And to me, they, now part of it was field, so you can't assume Fields is going to get tackled on, on turf or in a dome. But to me, that defense looked like a four-and-a-half sack kind of defensive line today. Kimball got hurt and then wasn't, so that's part of – we'll wrap that into a positive there. Um, I mean, your first reaction when you see him kind of grabbing at the lower leg, you're like, oh, my God. Well, my first reaction was, okay, he's not grabbing his knee. That was my yeah. first reaction. It was like he's not grabbing his knee. So I actually felt a little good about that. But and the other thing, I feel like it's harder in wet situations. And we'll find out with Mitchell what that injury is to like the one that scared me. There was a run to the left. I think it was the play that Greenlaw got the face mask on. Bosa's knee ends up. I tweeted the video completely underneath him and he gets bent all the way back. And I thought of the Barrows article about how flexible Nick is. And it might have saved him on that on that play. Um, a, lot of, a lot of fish, bro. Uh, a lot of fit, yeah, a lot of grouper and uh, ceviche. <laughs> yeah. But um, is he allowed to eat tortilla chips with a ceviche, or you no, just like, you like... just you just use a? Yeah, I remember Tebow used to eat guacamole just with a fork. You know, oh, just to get his protein. Not as much fun. No. Put salt on the fork; it's not the same. But I thought their defensive line was, yeah, was really good. I would say a negative. Elijah Mitchell is a really good player. Like it's pretty clear the first half of the game when Elijah Mitchell was running the ball, he is not just their best running back. Like he's a legit talent guy. Like he he's, he's a good player. He had six carries for 41 yards, averaging almost seven yards a carry. And you just watch him. Like to me, he pops he, the eye test. It's just like, boom. And then he disappears. And all of a sudden you see from the people there, I'm sure they announced it over the overhead. Like Elijah Mitchell is out. Here's what I know. Whenever you tell me, hey, questionable, probable to come back mid-game, you still never know. Like guys have torn, torn ACLs and broken feet and shit and been probable or questionable to come back. When you say out, that's usually like, hey, we might have a problem here. You're not going back in the game. And uh, you, you're you putting this up on Twitter right now. You want to read it? You see it? You can read it. 
Saw uh, this Jennifer Lee Chan. Saw 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell leaving the locker room with a substantial brace on his right leg. He was not bending it, and he was slowly making his way to the bus, but he was not on crutches. Either way, it's just not good. I mean, he's he's a young player who has now played, you know, last, you know, this is his second year, and he's been hurt a lot. Yeah. But to me, he's clearly their best running back. And this is my negative. Maybe we need to see our guy, Buck Mason, and Ty Davis Price. Obviously, uh, Trey Sermon is, is long gone at this point now. Which, on the- which factors in now, right? You used a third-round pick on the guy last year. He's He's gone. But here's where I don't necessarily have as much issue with that is just the simple fact that he wasn't good enough. So and to Mitchell me, was a fifth rounder, and you okay? Yeah, but like you can find if he's not good enough in your scheme, you can find other running backs. So just upgrade. But I, I, maybe it was the footing. Maybe he's had a knee injury before, so he's hesitant. I, I thought Jeff Wilson looked very slow out there. Like part of Elijah Mitchell, he's like makes one cut and he's gone. Wilson was kind of feeling his way. Ty Davis Price, a physical running back. We're gonna have to see that guy. We're gonna have to see Mason. They might have to claim a guy. Like to me, I, I kind of questioned. All of a sudden, Hasty got claimed. He's gone. I think the Jags claimed him. Like, like all of a sudden, if this guy, hell, let's say he misses, let's say he be bullish, say he only misses six, seven games or whatever, that's still a problem. I don't feel quite. I, I don't feel nearly as good. And you'd be like, well, Shanahan's they run through running backs. They always find guys. Well, there was a drop off on this team, clearly. Right, we're watching unless Mason and Ty Davis Price are really good, and they just might not have a choice. The one thing with the Shanahan's is they'll just force feed guys and they'll find out. Right, he will give guys carries. Yeah, but Mostert, I think the, Mostert five carries for sixteen yards in Miami today. I want to see Price or Mason, but I think those guys are going to have to get some carries moving forward. At minimum, this guy's missing time. Right, best Jeff case Wil- scenario. Yeah, I mean, look, Jeff Wilson has always has always had guys ahead of him on the 49ers depth chart, right? Like he's gotten hurt before, but for the most part, he's just, he's been there as a safety valve, not as the guy that has to take over for the number one guy for any extended period of time. If you need him for a game, you can go get in three times. Like he did it. Remember, was it two years ago? Feels like this is the first time he's really been the true backup running back too. Feels like he's closer to the three than the two. Well, I mean, you know, uh, this team nine games last year, four starts last year. Sneaky, whatever that's worth to you. Twelve games the year before, ten games the year before, six games the year before. Right. What's crazy though on the Niners, or just with Shanahan guys in general, you're the second running back. You are, you, you all of a sudden you can start nine games pretty quick, right? Yeah. yeah. Happened yeah. to Elijah Mitchell. He wasn't the starter going into the season, and pretty immediately it was like, oh, this guy's our best running back, and they're just going to ride him. That's where I do think that Price or Mason you know, are going to have the opportunity very fast to like, if they get some carries and start, like he'll just keep giving whoever his best running back is the ball. He is not, to me, he's much more stubborn with the passing game than he is with the running backs. Like he will just run the horse. And Elijah Mitchell is his horse in theory. I mean, he gets hurt a lot now, which sucks. He's a good, he's a really good player. He's got everything you need except right now availability. And, you know, if he's hurt, that's we know the other Herm thing. Says. The best ability is availability. Don't press send. Or play Oklahoma State on the road. Or play Oklahoma State on the road. Uh, Kittle hurt. Mitchell hurt. Ward hurt. Not a good pace. Like, you can't sustain this level of pace of injuries for the Niners. Now, two of them did not happen in a game, right? Kittle and, and Jimmy Ward were already hurt. But we'll see what happens, what, what the deal with Al Shire is. 
It's just they are not on a good pace after one week of football. Now, guys everywhere are getting hurt, so no one expects you to lose a starter every week. But it's just not. You but know, when I say when I say week two, Seattle at home, do you expect Kittle to play? No, I don't either. Do you expect Jimmy Ward to play? Obviously not. Do you expect Mitchell to play? No. So all of a sudden, it's like, okay, they didn't get hurt. In the, well, now we're two games in. Kittle and Jimmy Ward have missed two. Now Mitchell's got potentially who knows how long out. All of a sudden, you know, Al Shire's he in the concussion protocol. It adds up with his squad fast every fucking year. It's why I keep saying you got to ride your horses when they're in the game. Force feed 11. They did force feed 19 early, but throw the ball more to Ayuk. You, you and I watched Ayuk. He was awesome. Then he makes plays a day. Keep throwing him the ball. I got well, the, they did. I, guy, I got the Vikings game on the background. Every time I look up, Cousins is throwing the ball to Jefferson. Like, just Let's, throw the ball to your best players. John, they did throw it to Debo. They just only completed two of them. He had eight targets, led the team. He only had two receptions. Didn't feel that way, but I guess. No, it didn't. He had eight carries and eight targets. That would have been 16 touches. In well, I, I, well I, I give, I did not. Okay, I'll respond. Like, they did try to get Debo the ball. Is it because they're trying to justify the contract, or we can we? I, I, pre- I, I do think I use pretty worthy because this is how they use them, right? Keep yeah, sure. let's talk about it. Well, who Debo Samuel? Yeah, yeah. Let's I mean, bet I think, another good and bad. Uh, no, that's that'll do it for me. Okay. <laughs> I, I I do think that the number one question when Debo's training camp holdout or not training camp holdout because it didn't really happen. The off-season trade request holdout, weird, whatever you want to. I don't even know what. It's a pretty bizarre situation that clearly worked out but fine. Jeff Carlin tweeted. <laughs> yeah. Is, it was like, he hates California. doesn't seem that way because he just feels like he just bought a house in L.A. That, so that's kind of been muted or doesn't care enough to demand a trade just because he doesn't want to live here. But one thing that did make some sense was like, I want to get used more like a wide receiver. And it was like, I, you know, I think that's kind of understandable. Like you get destroys as a running back. And then you and I go to practice and they're force feeding posts and go routes to him. So you're like, I think they're, I think they promised, hey, we'll try to mix you in. And everyone's like, okay. And it's like, what's going to happen then? Debo was adamant, right? Every time he's talked, like, you guys keep making that up. I never said that. I was cool with the way we were playing. That was an issue with me. I'd say it clearly is not an issue with anybody because. Even before Mitchell got hurt, they were using Debo in the backfield. Their first touchdown was a classic 2021 down the stretch touchdown play, right? Like a power sweep him in the backfield, get him on the corner. After they ran him the other way. Yeah, so to me, it felt very much like a 2021 game, getting him the ball, running some screens to him, a lot of stuff behind the line of scrimmage. Here's what I do think we know. This is when Debo's at his best. Like this is his point of differentiation, is playing like that. He's cool with it. Kyle's cool with it. I also think part of football is like when you're in the game, like the first play I saw someone tweeted out, like Lamar's back at it, and it's Lamar, a little run, he gets tackled. Like Lamar ain't just going to play all of a sudden like Patrick Mahomes and throw it 50 times a game. Like the Ravens are going to be good. What are they going to do? They're going to use him to run the football, which is a whole other story. I think it's insane that he's just cool with playing it on his fifth-year option and playing like that. It's like he's too good of a guy. But like in fairness to Debo, like he got this is what the money's for, right? They paid him all this money. Draper said, "Yeah, just and he was doing it before the money. He's doing it after the money. But he should want to do. Isn't that when he's great? Like he met Eddie Jackson at the goal line, and what happened to Eddie Jackson? Eddie Jackson flew backwards. Debo flew forward, and Debo scored. And immediately the NFL tweets it out (laughs) because it's sweet. 
So I, I actually feel pretty good about like the, the relationship that way. And just his, like there probably is not a better coach for Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel to play with. Than, like it's a, it is a match made in football heaven. Is it not? Yeah, it is. It is. The question is sustainable. You know, last, yeah. Sustainable is, is the question. You're right. But last year, first eight game, Debo missed the game. Debo played in 16 to 17 games. First eight games, he had six carries. Uh, the next uh, eight games that he played in, he had 53 carries. So we went from whatever, less than a carry a game to 6.6 carries per game. And it was easy to justify last year. You Every game for the last for the second half of the season for the Niners was a must-win game. And so it was kind of like using Madison Bumgarner as a reliever. You're just doing everything you got to do. Let's get to the finish line. John needs a re- refill. We'll just get to the finish line, and then we'll, we'll figure it out next year. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were holding up a cup. Um, and then we'll figure it out next year, right? That was last year. Was you just well seven yard seven carries per game for Debo in the second half of the season because this is the best way the offense functions. It's not the way you want to live forever because you think it's unsustainable. But let's just do what is required now. The question is week one, okay? The Bears. You watch the game. You went okay. We can make an exception. Uh, that is what's required today. Debo's going to have to carry the ball eight times given the weather and the situation. Fine. The question is, how many of the next 16 games are they going to end up in when it looks like, well, you know, uh, it's, that's what's required today. We just get Debo diet starts on Monday, basically, right? Like, that's the question. How many times are they going to be like, ah, diet starts on Monday? 12? <laughs> yeah. So, guy, he's averaging six and a half yards a carry. Like, you watch him, it works. Why would you not do it? Because you you fear that you'll lose everything you get from him, right? Yeah, I, I think the main question is like you watch Jamar Chase, you watch just the other highly. I know he's on a rookie contract, but Tyreek, uh, Devonte, wh- whoever, the violence in which Debo the runs end are just not the violence that ninety eight percent of pass catches end. Right? Like IU catches balls a day and gets tackled into a normal football tackle. It kind of rolled over on just get tackled. Debo fumbles because like the fifth guy there. I'd have to watch the play. Maybe it was no, it was the it, no, the guy hit it, remember? But oh, then, it was a punch, yeah. Yeah, the guy punched it. But he's still running dude, through traffic. Punches it as a guy's torpedoing with his helmet right at like Debo's. That penis. was a run play, correct? <laughs> I think so. slash him uh, promo code him one. Might have been a pass. It was a the play worked, but Debo got corralled by three different guys, hit in the leg. Helmet to the cock. Uh, he got swung at in the it ball. Like, it was a run play. <laughs> it was just, it was a violent. I, I would it say it was a head to head collision. His run plays end violently. Head to head collision. Head to head. Uh, well, I don't think Debo got hit on the head, did he? Well, according to your description, he did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Head to head collision. Um, yeah, it was, it was, but this goes back to the run plays end up, they're not in space. They end up in in front of a lot of around a lot of people. Try to be uh, kid friendly. <laughs> That's the point. Is run plays end up in traffic? You run the ball enough, you're gonna fumble the ball. But here's the other thing, Debo like Kittle. I think they like knowing like unless he's going to run into your team's Ray Lewis or what. And most or you know, I don't I don't think he would lower his shoulder consistently. He didn't necessarily have to today on uh, who's. What's the guy? Who's the Bears star linebacker from Georgia that held out forever? Rolando McClain? Uh, no, uh, you're close. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. But when I think he sees a corner or a safety, he goes, I'm trucking this motherfucker. Because yeah. you know what? He does. Kittle definitely does that too, with linebackers included. That to me is where it gets risky. 
is it's not even the run play. Some running backs just kind of get down and avoid plays. Frank Gore was king of it, played 75 years. Debo's going his touchdown, he literally saw Eddie Jackson and he didn't try to dive to the pylon. He lowered his shoulder and demasculated. D mask D E emasculated. Emasculated. Can't even speak. Eddie Jackson. Now you could argue Eddie Jackson got him back, and Eddie Jackson would say, I don't get paid to hit, I get paid to make plays on the ball. And look, I got a pick. But he destroyed him. And the majority of safeties now are not Hufunga. So Debo knows that. But to me, that's pretty scary, isn't it? Because yeah. most of the the offensive play or the defensive players that he's going to come into collisions with outside the tackle box are going to be guys in his head. He goes, I'm lowering my shoulder. Hell, he's done it to Jalen Ramsey a couple times. And I would say Jalen is not afraid to hit. And he's on the bigger end. Of right, right. So Debo, every single time that he gets a corner or a safety, I think he's going to lean physicality, which is there is going to come a point. And those where, collisions are big, even if those guys are smaller, because they're running a long way to get to them. And Debo's running full speed, so it's just it's at minimum, at minimum eight yards each full speed. Some are 15, 18, depending on the angle. And this is what I think with Kittle. Now we still have no clue how Kittle got hurt. One thing I'm learning from a a former scout slash podcaster, but the way I view football philosophically when it comes to players, I don't think you take that out of players. Like I think when yet like Eddie Jackson has never been known as a hitter. You can't or you don't want to. Well, I just think like you're you're wired like you're wired. Once you get oh, to yeah. a certain level, you know, like you can improve. Like there are certain parts of football you can improve on, like accuracy. Right? We, it's been proven you can become more accurate. It's I was told this in the NFL, and when I've watched football for the last twelve years since being told this, I one hundred percent believe it. You don't add strength as a lineman. Like he's just not quite strong enough. He's always going to be weak. The strength you have at twenty two, you don't add. Like you're you're able to handle the bull rush. It, it never changes. I think when you just have an innate field, innate feel about avoiding hits as an offensive player, you naturally have it till you're done with your career. I think when you're naturally like I'm a motherfucker, like Kittle and Debo, and it's what have made them great players. I think they're going to go down like that. Yeah, like that's just who they are. Think about. Can you think of guys that I'm sure there have been guys that maybe early in their career had to slide a little more, whatever. But for the most part, like guys that play like that, just play like that. Well, Eddie Jackson, the knock on him always was, well, he's not a big hitter. He's a ball hawk. And yeah, he gets trucked by Debo. But, you know, he, he, I think he would tell you, like, that's not my game. I'm not going to light people up at the, you could say, well, he's a little soft. And yeah, it's just, I would like my safety to be Hufunga there. But what if he gets you? Because when he had Fangio, I think one year he had like nine picks. Like he, he's a great, he has great ball skills. Yeah. So it's like, you just got to do with what you do. I just wonder when you're, you know, when you have that violent streak that Debo has and that Kittle has, it's hard to sustain longer career. Like Ayuk's game is just like he just might be able to play for 15 years, right? Yeah. yeah. I just think Debo, you're not going to win every collision, I guess is my point. Even like Al Shire's collision, he was the guy that got up wobbly. Think about that. I, I saw it a couple times yesterday in college. The college dude who lights him up is the guy that takes the brunt of the injury. I think there was a play. In the Fresno State game, an Oregon State linebacker came over and destroyed a guy, and they both collided. And I was like, God, that's a big hit. And the linebacker kind of got up. You could tell, like, God, did he just he get a stinger there? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. But you, when the collision happens, you don't know who's going to get up and be the loser and the winner of just an equal collision. That's just 
sometimes body parts just like it's like a tire. Yeah. Maybe it was yeah. bound to bound to pop, right? I was talking to a texting with a, a buddy who you know coaches college football. He's an offensive coordinator. Jonathan was, Smith. I was asking him about it. Wasn't I did text Jonathan last week. He didn't run my play. Um, but I was asking about his quarterback. He's like, Oh, we'd love him. I was like, tell me about him. He's like, well, you know, the one thing he's not really an alpha. I'm like, well, you know, that's not ideal for your quarterback. Well, I'm watching their game yesterday, kind of close game, late game situation. It's like a down and long distance quarterback scrambles, slides one yard shy of the first down mark instead of dives. And I texted the guy during the game. He got back to me after the game. I'm like, should he have dove there? I mean, easy for me to say from my couch, should have dove. He's like, yeah, that's what I was talking about. He's just not like, do you ever get that? I don't think so. Does that stop you from becoming great? Maybe. I I, I heard Dilfer with Rosillo. He thought that it's very hard to come into the NFL without traits that he thinks you can learn sometimes in college. Because I do think, think about yourself, how much you learn from 18 to 22. I think it's really like... Trey's characteristics are kind of going to keep like his characteristics, kind of his characteristics. I do think you have some influence potential. Yeah. Yeah. You know, good 19, environment, 20, 21. Yeah. And just have a good, maybe a position coach or a head coach that, you know, pushes you. I, I think Nick Saban has a lot of impact on his guys, leadership wise, urban to, you know, Lincoln that just, I, I think, but I'm not saying that everyone has the possibility, but to me, we're talking about just like innate, when the ball's in my hand, with which is a good thing. Every coach ever has always said, like, finish, finish, finish. And that is the number one thing those two guys do. And Debo really has been well, relatively you, healthy this last year in a game, but Kittle is not. You really can't thrive as a defensive player without that. You can as an offensive player. Right? Yes, 100%. And Kittle and Debo have defensive mindsets. It's, what, it, what, it's really what fits Shanahan because he's an offensive coach who has a style of play that fits defensive coaches. Well, for example, he had an incredible catch on, on Thursday Night Football. Cooper Cup, the last word I would use to describe him would be like violent. And it's completely irrelevant, right? He is a dominant football player who just avoids everything, who just dominates. But it's like yeah. violence. Think about the greatest show on turf Rams receivers. Yeah, receivers. physicality. Think about like Marvin Harrison's of the world. Like who cares? And Cooper's like, I'm going to catch 170 balls this year. What, what do I, you know, <laughs> doesn't matter. I, I'm with you. So, uh, Debo ain't changing, and that's good for the Niners, unless it's not, unless it turns out to not be because something happens. But, all right, uh, other NFL stuff, other football stuff from the weekend. Um, you know, we can, we can add some Chargers and, uh, Kansas City's up 23 to seven as we're doing this right now. There were a lot of games today that looked like they were going to be blowouts and weren't. Uh, we liked. We talked the other day. We liked the Steelers. You bet on Tomlin. Nailed that. They went to Burrow had four turnovers in the first half. Uh, Dolphins. Someone in the chat said earlier. Maybe this is a good place to start. Did the Niners keep the wrong coach? Uh, Mike McDaniel <laughs> beats Bill Belichick in his head. Think about that just for a second. His head coaching debut beats Bill Belichick. I think we have to. I mean come close to agreement. The Patriots probably aren't going to be very good, but that's irrelevant to being Mike McDaniel beating Bill Belichick. I mean, Mike McDaniel, they beat Belichick twice last year and fired their coach, but McDaniel did have one of the quotes of the week. Like it's, it potentially is. He's like, I don't have the math on the top of my head, but the, the greatest discrepancy, he's like, I have zero wins. However many wins he has is like close to the most. So it's like, it might be the greatest gap in the history of the league. Now, Belichick, 
I would say over the last several years has played coach first year head coaches. So that there's but he's won, but every gaps. game he just won more games since the last time he did. <laughs> yeah. It. So it's you're right. It's an enormous win. Now we'll see. I mean, I some of the highlights I saw, like I'm I'm not anointing Tua. I, I think the Patriots stink. The the Patriots are really, really bad. Where, you know, for example, the Bengal Steeler game, like, you know, the Steelers, they will never suck. Do I think they're going to win 12 games this year? No. Do I think under any circumstances that they'll end up six or seven? No chance. Like they've got that eight to 10 threshold written all over them. And they're just going to come down to like, if they, if they would have tied today or win today, well, they pull out the win today. Now, when we were on right before we jumped on, I saw TJ Watt, Taurus Peck. And through the TV here, I see JJ Watt rooting on his team because he's injured. Like it's just TJ Watt's been relatively healthy. Now he's hurt. Obviously JJ's career has been all injuries lately. It sucks. I mean, those guys are an elite players, and the Watt family just fucking gets injured a lot. They do. A lot. Yeah. I mean, if TJ Torres Peck, that is – did you see the stretch where he had a sack and then he had the pick? No. Did you see the highlight? His pick was one of those, like the defensive end. He throws like a, a you know, like a crossing route or a slant, and TJ five feet away does the jump up, somehow catches it while it's going 90 miles an hour. It's an incredible play. I mean, it's incredible. I saw someone tweet like, was that the greatest two-play stretch in NFL history? (laughs) Uh, Saints beat the Falcons in a thriller. Um, Browns beat the Panthers. Stat stat line on that, 16 of 27, 235 for Baker. 147 passing for Jacoby. 141 rushing for Nick Chubb. And uh, McCaffrey, not great in his return. I'd say any win that you get, especially on the road with Jacoby Brissett, is it feels like one and a half. Right? Yeah. How about the Eagles? And I mean, you mentioned that game earlier. They were shootout, up big, though. 38 35. Was it a shootout? Because they were up pretty big. At Sorry, one point actually, in time. I mean, when I say shootout, I just mean both teams scored a lot of points. Yes. Right. The they were up the game. 38 21. I had a buddy on the Eagles. I, I didn't. I Hurts threw no touchdowns. I haven't seen one snap of that game. I just got a text from a dude on the Eagles. They're like the Lions. God, they just no quitting them. You know. Well, it's the story of their life. I mean, what's what was the stat on fired Scott Frost? Like five and twenty-two in one-score games or something like that. Crazy. Uh, AJ Brown, ten catches for one hundred and fifty-five yards. Good start. Zero, zero passing touchdowns for the Eagles in a thirty-eight point output. How many did they have? A pick six. They had four rushing touchdowns and one, two, three, four. Yep. A field goal. And fumble six, uh, pick six, pick yeah. six. I, I, I st- I'm not giving up on the Lions guy. No, the scrappy. I mean, give it up on them for what? Just to be competitive yeah. or to make six, the seven, eight wins? Yeah, just be be a tough team to play every week. Uh, we're recording this before Sunday night football. Bugs, uh, bugs, Bucks, Cowboys. Um, what else? I, I, I do think at what well, one point in time. I looked up and the Falcons were destroying New Orleans. I think it was like 23 to 10. And I'm thinking, you can't take over for Sean Payton and lose week one to the Atlanta Falcons. For De- De- Dennis Allen had to win that game. <laughs> like just to people, his own building to kind of believe in him. Even if it's ugly, whatever got road. 26 to 10. I thought, is Dennis Allen going to lose this game like 35 to 10 opening when he clearly has the better team? So I. Right. You come back to win on the road, like just get a win. That was a big win for Dennis Allen, who I, you know, I'm still betting against. But, sure. hey. but I think the thing with New Orleans is I, I think like none of their coaching staff has changed. 
the whole thing is the same, right? Yeah, they roll it all back. So, um, a lot of people talk shit about this guy, and there was a moment today where he threw a bad pick in the fourth quarter. Carson Wentz did throw four touchdowns today. Four. Yeah, and they were up in that game. I mean, that's what was the final there? Final score 28 to 22. So they not only won, guy, they covered. I've heard a lot of people picking the Jags to win the AFC South. Like, I, that's it's like, quite a pick. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd pump the brakes on that one a little bit. Four touchdowns from Wentz, though, start the year. I would imagine when the season ends, depending on what happens tonight and Russell Wilson. There's a decent chance no other quarterback in the league throws four touchdowns. Yeah, I saw some of that, just some highlights. And the one thing you can't deny with him is when you just, if you just watch a play of Carson Wentz, you think that might be one of the better uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, Patrick already has three, and he's still got uh, th- two quarters left. So he might end with five. I mean, two of 23, a 33, 271 touchdown, as you tweeted, dime on a ball to Tyreek. What did Tyreek? Tyreek was eight for 94, 12 targets. Um, There was one other – what was I going to point out to you? Oh, how about this stat? Frank Reich – who who did I hear say this the other day? Because I saw you tweet, are we sure Frank Reich's any good? And I was listening to a podcast the other day. I don't remember if it was Lombardi. might have been Michael Lombardi. I don't know if you heard this, who said that – he wasn't saying Chris Ballard had to talk Jim Irsay out of firing Frank Reich. But kind of like, yeah, Jim might have done it just for the Wentz disaster. And Ballard kind of stood up, stood up for Frank last year. I think it might have been him. Frank, I get he by tying the Texans, he prevents himself from being 0-5 in season openers. The Colts, I looked it up, have not won a season opener since Chuck Pagano beat Dennis Allen and the Raiders in 2013. My question would be, Jim Irsay had a tweet this morning. Fantastic Twitter follower. He did a press conference. He did his uh, season press conference. I guess he owns an ice rink from his Zamboni earlier in in August. Jim Irsay is just a classic individual. That he tweeted like, you know, if yesterday shows anything in football, anything can happen, basically. But it also feels like, Frank, anything better not happen with us. They were a seven-point favorite. And they tied the Houston Texans, who I actually think the Houston Texans are going to be much more scrappy this year. But I can't imagine that Jim Irsay is – he does feel like pretty on edge right now because, in fairness, they just gave $60 million to their guard. They have a bunch of pro bowlers. He's got to be thinking we should be pretty good. They're not. Yeah. I, I would put – I want to go back and watch Davis Mills. Maybe – I don't know if this is the week to do it, but I, that's going to be like on Sunday nights where you're like, hey, what well, what do I need to catch up on Monday? Davis Mills might be one of the things you need to catch up on on Monday, right? Depending who the Texans play. I'm not who do they have week two. Uh, Houston plays Denver. So that could be an interesting week two game, right? Yeah. Kind of just a, oh, are we going to have to really pay attention to Davis Mills or not? Depending on what happens. But um, yeah, his line, his line wasn't bad. I'm looking at, again, it's, it's there's a lot of time left in the second quarter of the Cardinals Chiefs game as we talk, and Kelsey already has seven catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. Mahomes, Mahomes just threw a dime on the move. They they look like a they look like the Bills right now, well oiled ass kicking machine on offense. I think the Bills and the Chiefs, the league is lucky both those teams don't play on a dome because watching them against the Rams, the Bills, mm-hmm. and watching the Chiefs right now against the Cardinals, they would dominate. <laughs> 
because they have two quarterbacks that they just want to throw it 50 times a game. They want to do the opposite of what Kyle has wet dreams about doing. Coach, let us throw it every play. And we'll audible some runs when we see the looks, <laughs> right? Kelsey, everyone's like, is this the year Kelsey slows down? I'm watching them in the background just fly around. And last incredible. time I checked, the Cardinals have a pretty – one thing you'd say about them, they do have a lot of big-time athletes on defense that can run. Kelsey looks – like we've argued before, the Kelsey-Waller-Kittle thing. Like it's – there's he's in a completely different class than everyone yeah. else. Right? Well, here's here's a stat that tells you a lot about that game. Buda Baker leads the Cardinals in tackles right now. So – um, but yeah, what Waller just signed his money too. Touchdown, Chiefs, thirty-seven. Wow, Raiders, thirty to seven is what you just said. Raiders down fourteen. Well, we'll we'll save that. Uh, you know, the my, I'll do that on my pod later, John. Yeah, we, we can we can react. We'll we'll go back and watch that thing. We we can circle back on that game. Um, yeah, we talked about Scott Frost got fired. Jonathan Smith. I mean, just an all-time. For me, an all-time game because I love Jonathan Smith in Oregon State. Obviously, I'm a bulldog and I love Jake Hayner watching that game at home. Quirk Were you able to stay game. awake for that? I stayed awake for that whole game. Yep. I that tried. I, I I faded. It's it was late. It was late, but the crowd was good. It looked like a, just a classic Fresno State crowd. And um, if, for people that missed it, Oregon State down three. Hayner gets him. Hayner gets Fresno State down the field. Unstoppable receivers. They score. They take a three point lead. Miss the point after. So it's a three point game. So the dogs are down three. They drive right when Hayner scores, and they go up. They go up three, but they miss the extra point. Yeah. What does he do? Does he clink it? Or? I, honestly, I I was awake, but I think he just missed it right. Um. Then then Oregon State gets all the way down the field. They get down to like the two. In like a minute, correct? Yeah, they got, I think they got a pass interference. They were at like the eight. They get a pass interference. They get down to the two, like three seconds left. It's going to be it. So Jonathan Smith brings out the field goal team. They have no Oregon, – Oregon State has no timeouts. Fresno State has two timeouts. Jonathan Smith brings on the field goal team. Oregon State uh, – uh, Fresno State calls a timeout, ice the kicker. Jonathan Smith changes his mind. Oregon State sends the offense on. Fresno State calls another timeout. Oregon State leaves the offense on. And they give it to you know the guy you like, Jack Coletto, who plays Tays linebacker and fullback, yeah. and he scores a touchdown pretty easily. Walk off win. I'm no analytic uh, football guy, but it does feel like there should be a threshold of an icing the kicker. What is that like a 35 yard kicking on? Like, do you ice a kicker on a two? So what's that? 12, 17 yard field goal. Seems- Especially when. I think your advantage, like it's to me as good as Oregon State's look good. Fresno State was advantaged last night in the heat. If they had gone to overtime, no, no, just because they had more dynamic. Like Oregon State's tight end, Luke Musgrave, got hurt on that drive. He made a huge play. He actually tried to call a timeout with eight seconds left because he he couldn't. I don't know what's something wrong with his hip. Like he had to leave the field from the formation. So um, I think Fresno State was going to have a little advantage if they got the overtime, but. Anyway. Yeah, just um, Alabama State Texas, guys. John. Oh, really quick. Yeah, Fresno State. You could say Nebraska, but Nebraska, like they've been in shambles. Fresno is a productive, winning program. Has more devastating losses against good teams in thirty plus years than any team in the country. I it doesn't feel like it's close. I thought at watching the game when Fresno State had the lead, I'm like, I, I've seen this game before. I, I have been at this game 
so many times. Raider fumble. I've been lost on a walk off. Uh, what would you even consider that direct pass to a linebacker? No, it wasn't a pass. It was a, (laughs) yeah. I mean, a direct direct snap snap. to a linebacker who has Jeff Schwartz text me. That play does not fail for them. It doesn't (laughs) like, it was no question. You run the ball. Usually on the goal line, there's even if the guy wouldn't have like the, they had like, it looked like, like a H back that took out one of the linebackers, a really good block. Let's say that guy, the linebacker had been there to meet. What's that guy's last name? Coletto had met Coletto at the goal line. Coletto's winning. Coletto's bigger than every guy on the dogs front seven. It looked like, I mean, he's not, but yeah, I mean, I understand uh, the, the, the lineman or the linebackers that the he linebacker. would have met. Yeah. yeah. Cause he is a linebacker, right? Right. Is he a starting player? I mean, you mean like, is he a starting linebacker? I don't think yeah. he's a starting linebacker. No. Gotcha. Um, Somebody on the stream asked, why no more? Ju- why not more juice in the Niners offense? Yeah, no carries, two targets, no catches. Feels like he is, you know, good for one leak out a game wide open. Yeah. But um, Texas, Alabama is, do you think Texas might be good? You know, I got they, this D in and out. I was in and out on that game. Yeah, they gave that. Alabama 500 tickets. They didn't put any AC in the locker room. The place was going bananas. Cool, you know Alabama. You'd be like, "Well, they never play non-conference." Out. Yeah, they play out of they play conference away games. They're they, nuts. Oh, so Bri- away, I, yeah. my point is, Bryce has played in environments where he couldn't hear. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that place was on tilt, and they had life early. College football, you can get some close games. It's not like Nick Saban's never played in a close game. They don't blow out everybody. My whole takeaway was like, this is classic Sark in Texas. They are getting so much credit for a fucking loss. Now, if they turn this into 10 and 2, okay. In what of either of the history of the program or his would you say that this is just going to amount to? He's going to beat Baylor. He's just going to beat. I, I, it looks like Mike Gundy's got a pretty good team. I think, I think Baylor almost did, pretty did good. Did Baylor end up losing that BYU game? Uh, well, it was an overtime. Another one I fell asleep. I think BYU won it. Pretty sure. BYU, Oregon. I mean, it's a pretty tough test for Landing coming up this week. Yeah. I talked to Schwartz. I was talking to Schwartz yesterday. Or two days ago, he's like, How is he's like Oregon a 21 point favorite against Eastern Washington? He's like, That's a joke. I think did they score 75 or was that Utah? Oregon might have scored 51. Yeah, Utah won 73 <laughs> 7. Uh, after two weeks, Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback, top 10 pick or not? Uh, was then after that game, no longer. Will Levis, what'd you think? I think he looks pretty good. Uh, he's he looks like an NFL quarterback now, top 10 pick, still got a ways to go. Scangarello's offense. We need to pump the brakes on making fun of him for leaving, getting fired, whatever. We did. We we already pumped. We no. did. But I'm just saying other people. I just hope everyone realizes Kentucky's a top. I don't know. The, the rankings came out today. I would imagine they're top 12-ish. Their program's legit. He's making seven figures. If he has success and Levis gets drafted, are we sure that he's not an offensive coordinator in the NFL next year? Um, It's a good question. I mean... No, we're not. We're not sure. Or he could go. He could go somewhere else. Although I would expect Kentucky pay like Kentucky can pay him a lot of money, so he may not go somewhere else. You know, um, Stoops like you texted me the other night can really coach. I uh, yeah, I all time I, last I night when he won all time all time winning his coach in the history of the school. You know, the chick comes M- up to him, Mike. Is that what uh, Mark. Mark. M- Mike's Mike's the shitty one the that was at Arizona for a second. Mark and Bob are good. Because what Bob did at Oklahoma, remarkable. Everyone wins at Oklahoma. 
you could argue what Mark is doing currently at Kentucky is pretty insane. You know, I mean, consistently just winning 10 games. Yeah, just I going think when into you the think of like some of the most impressive, I'd say like the stretch where Cutcliffe won at Duke is probably like a re- just a really impressive stretch. Um, the Harbaugh-Shaw run at Stanford, we'll see if Stanford can get it back, but that's just like on the level of really impressive. Leach at Tech. Leach it like everywhere. Yeah. Although Washington State won. Washington State beat Wisconsin on the incredible, road. Incredible win. Incredible win. Go get him, Jake Dickert. If you're you if you if you're his quote, if you're juiceless, you're useless. Um, um I had some people tweeting that the coach, I just typed his name into Twitter to see what people were saying. That thought Cameron Ward has a little Deshaun Watson. Like he's a pretty good athlete, moving around, can throw. Yeah. That was just a I mean. Dickert's family like came storming on the field after he interviewed me. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was pretty. At, at, uh, as Maria says, Apache State, Apache State, also known as Appalachian State. Oh, Apache State <laughs> beat Texas A and M. Yeah, the coach cried. Yesterday, the Sun Belt that has Marshall, Appalachian State, and Georgia Southern. Yeah, I would say one of those is not like the other two. Appalachian State. I think if you put Appalachian State currently in the Pac-12, in the ACC, in the Big 12, maybe the Big 10 and the SEC would be a more difficult for them. I think they would – they might not be like Utah or Oklahoma, but I think they could win eight, eight games. You're saying they're different because they're better or because they were just an FCS team? I ju- Yeah, I think they're different because they're fucking good. Yeah, I think if you yeah. put them in the Pac-12 or the ACC, I think they would compete and they would win – I think they would win closer to nine games than seven. Like their overall record would, if you told me they went nine and three in the ACC or the Pac-12, I think that's believable. Because I watched them back-to-back weeks against UNC. They easily could have won. And they kind of took it to A&M, who has some quarterback issues, but they got talent everywhere. That's, Appalachian State's a, I mean, they're a 10-win program this year. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're they're just good. But Georgia Southern and Marshall, Marcus Freeman, I Guy, Marcus Freeman is going to be one and done if they go six and six. They have averaged 11 games a year the last five years. He did not. Someone's like, you wouldn't say that about Nebraska. Well, yeah, Scott Frost took over a terrible program. Marcus Freeman was handed a Ferrari. Like this thing was humming. And they lost a 20 point favorite to lose to Marshall. He's 0 3. First time it's ever happened in the history of the program. You see some of those stats yesterday on Marcus Freeman, like wait, wait, first wait. Notre Dame coach. He's 0-3? Well, because he lost his bowl game to Oklahoma oh, State. Okay. They they had a 30-point lead, but okay. Well, now he's oh, but okay. Okay, he well, he's 0-2 this year, and no one blames you for Ohio State. But a good coach, when you have the upcoming game at home against a Patsy, maybe Marshall's not a true Patsy anymore, but you can't. They lost by double digits. I mean, they got embarrassed. They got throttled in the second half. I think Mark. I think Marcus Freeman's in major trouble because the Notre Dame's gotten too. I don't know if fat and happy is the right way to put it, but they've been used to winning. I'm well, like, yeah, no, not fat and happy, but I think to your point too. Like they're an independent. They don't like they have to earn. I mean, they get paid a lot of money, and they will get paid a lot of money, but they still have to. What's it called? You got to hunt for what you eat. Like they got to do it. They they can't sit around and let their program lose market share. Right. Well, they, they, I think they will treat their program like LSU just did. And the main difference is Eddie Ogeron won a national championship and lasted less than 18 more months. This guy has way less equity, right? With anyone in Notre Dame. Like if you're a diehard Notre Dame fan booster, or even in the administration, 
you have to be thinking like, did we make the right choice right, right now? Who knows right. what the decision was internally? Was everybody on board with this is a no brainer or was there some people going, no, let's go hire whoever, is this, right? Is this where people would tell you this is why you don't like the players pick the coach? I mean, Oregon let Mar- let the players pick Mario Cristobal. Not let them, but you know what I mean? Like Mario had a lot of support and he did elevate the program. I think Mario's resume, he had already been a head coach. He had, you know, been I know people Saban. used it against him incorrectly, but you're right. Different resume. But looking back, Mario was much more experienced. Would, would any players guy. ever pick Brian Kelly? No, but the, po- the point is. No, no, no. Is, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying yeah. the players would never pick Brian Kelly, but he clearly is a great coach. Whatever would the happens players to LSU, pick we'll Saban? See. You know, I mean, I think Saban's Saban's one of those guys they would pick after they see what that it's all worth it. You know, it's going to equal you $75 million guaranteed contract in eight years, compete for championships every year. But like after six months, no one would pick them. Have you heard some of the stories like LSU guys or early Alabama guys are like, God, we looked around. We're like, I don't know if we're going to make it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mayoko, here's a tweet. Nick Bosa describes the loss as annoying. Said, quote, 15 yards. Talking about all the penalties, 15 yards for a team that can't move the ball. That's huge. You want to go watch some football? Yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Big week ahead. Share it. Um, anything else I'm forgetting? Thank you for your time. Yeah, Raiders got to pick it up. Go in the fourth quarter. All right. Later, everybody. Later. Hold on. Let me end it before you say anything. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.